0: or electronic device with your Bible on it. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand, powerful word of God. Can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now turn to your neighbor and just tell him, I want a vision. I want you to own the vision. Today we're going to be in those Bibles that you were looking at and holding up. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 28. Very familiar verses to all of you, all of us, but verses nonetheless that we need to hear. So I want to encourage you to have those Bibles open and... Uh, Encourage you to figure out where my sermon just went. Okay. <laughs> well, give me a moment to find it again. We'll get it. That's the beauty of electronic devices. Voila. What is, in your opinion, the purpose? Now, you're not supposed to answer back to me. I'm just asking the question rhetorically. What is the primary purpose of the church? Well, some might say, and some do say, it's the warmth or the fellowship of the church. Some would say it's the word, it's the preaching and the teaching. That's the primary focus of the church. Some would say it's the worship, it's the praise, it's the adoration of God. It's, it's just that <clears throat> that singing that just moves within your heart. <clears throat> so, you know, maybe us to worship. Perhaps it's the work of the church, the service and the ministry, going outside ourselves and doing and helping those around us that, that need us. Perhaps it's the worth of the church, the prayer, the the watching and the waiting and the weeping and being a, a family that hurts when each of us hurt and rejoice when each of us rejoice. 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us why the church remains. Let's read it together. Ready? So all you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So how much are we supposed to do to God's glory? All of it. So that's whatever job you have, do it to the glory of God. Whatever marriage you have, do it to the glory of God. Whatever child raising you're doing, do it to the glory of God. Whatever softball team you're on, do it to the glory of God. Whatever fantasy football league you're in, do it to the glory of God. Amen? Now, last year I won the fantasy football league for our church. I thought you needed to know that going into this season because I opened this season having the worst possible game I could ever play in my life. And April Wilkie stomped me. She put up 126 points last week. Unbelievable. Well, I'm not going to say that you helped her at all, but anyway, I bet you didn't. When you look at her lineup, you'd have to be really bad to mess up that lineup. But isn't that awesome? So from the king to the (laughs) poorhouse in one fell swoop. Well, the church should always do its best, and we as the church should always do our best. If we're in worship, we ought to do that. We ought to do our best. Two particular ways that we can do that is in our witness. Go ahead, Corey, and hit that button. In our witness, which equals evangelism, and Luke 19.10 says, "For Hit that button again. I'm sorry. Hang on right there. For the son of man came to save the lost. That's what Luke 19.10 says. And then the second way is in our walk, our discipleship in John twenty twenty one, And it says, Jesus said to them, peace will be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And so in our evangelism, in our witnessing, we've got to have the focus of, I want to seek those that are lost and get them to the Lord. So how are you doing with that? Have you identified people around you? We've been talking about this for the whole month of August. We're moving now into the month of September. We're going to do the same thing. Have you been looking around you to see what and who can you influence? And you ought to be influencing somebody for Christ. You ought to be doing that. If you're not doing that, then you need to check your own relationship, your own heart with God. Well, are you saying I'm not saved? I'm not saying that. But you know you're not bearing the fruit that God wants you to bear, so you you make up your own decision. Well, I'll just quit going to this church. Fine, because you're going to find the same problem at every church. It doesn't matter what church you go to; it matters where you're plugged in, where you're connected to the body. But you got to be connected to the vine to make the body work. And in our walk, our discipleship. Jesus said, and the peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So do people see in our walk, in our discipleship, that we're different? Do they see that? Do we still use the crass language and tell the off-color jokes? You know, oh yeah, that's funny, oh yeah, that's funny. But do we need to say that stuff? Do we even need to bring it up? Have we not gained control of that part of our minds and our hearts to keep them pure for the Lord? We're not holy like we should be. There's so much anger in our country today. So much anger. People are mad about everything. And I think the media is the biggest blame of it. The media just whips it into a frenzy all the time. Got to have something to talk about 24-7. So let's just stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. I loved last week when Antifa, when the police out in uh, Berkeley let uh, uh, Ben Shapiro speak, and when Antifa showed up with their masks and their weapons, they were demasked, And, boy, they go bananas when you take their mask off of them and you reveal who they really are. You see, cockroaches like to work in the dark, don't they? Because when you flip the light, on, man, they scoot to the dark. That's the same way evil is in your heart of the people. They don't want to be it, so they'll put a mask on to cover their evilness. But let's expose that. Ha <laughs> ha. Let's expose that. What about our exposure? Do people see us different? Do they see us walking different, acting different, behaving different? Let's take a look at our text. Let's start in verse 16. We want to see the appointment. Now look at verse 16. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. The thing I want you to see here is that they were obedient and they were available. God never calls us for our ability. He calls us for our availability. Are you available? Are you available? Are you available to help? Are you available? I've mentioned a number of times that we've got flower beds that need to be tended here. We have one person, two people maybe, that uh, spend time making our flower beds look nice and de-weeded. But, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing for the church? Can you come and put weeds? Sure. If you're like me, I don't know a weed from a flower, so you might need a little instruction on what's a weed and what's a flower. But the bottom line is, what are you doing? Are you doing anything? Can you come do something? Uh, We're we'll remodeling the high school room back there. It's going to be awesome when we get done. We're getting closer all the time. Maybe you can help with that. Got some cabinets to hang. and uh, just, just, we just got several things to do. But they were available and obedient. And the thing I want you to understand is that when Jesus called them, they traveled 75 miles to get the call from God to do what they were supposed to do, these 11 disciples. Now look at the first part of verse 17. Now we see the adoration being expressed. It says, And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Now I want you to think about it. When they saw him, they worshipped him. So did the the worship band break out and start playing? Did they have the the smoke? Did they have the dark room? Did they have the lights? Did they have all that going on? When when they came into Jesus' presence, it says they worshipped him. Did they have all those elements going on so that they could actually worship in proper form and fashion? Was it so loud that you could barely hear yourself think? I mean, that's the key, isn't it? The key to true worship is the loudness of the music. Isn't that it? Isn't it the lights and the theatrical setup and the smoke coming off the stage and, you know, the skinny jeans on the worship leader and his hair blown into place in a certain way and they wear certain wild colored glasses or they have this long beard? And, you know, I mean, isn't that right? You've got to have all that stuff before you can really, truly be in worship. Amen? No, amen? It says here that they came into his presence and when they saw him, They worshiped Him. So what does worship mean in this context? You know what I think it means? It means they fell on their knees in front of Jesus. They came up and they fell on their knees in front of Jesus. Because they were so in awe of Him. We come into church. You know, I've asked you many times, you know, if God's tugging at your heart, walk up here to the cross and fall down on your knees and talk to Him. He's ready to meet that need, whatever it is. When God's tugging at your heart, respond to that tug. You know, years ago they had what they called altar calls. I wish we had those. I wish we had a way to do that. And we do. You can come to the cross. You can come to the chairs. You can come to the stage. I remember a few weeks ago, Wendy was just overwhelmed. She walked up here and got on her knees before God, calling out to God. That's when we know we're moving as a church. When that type of thing is moving in each of you and each of us. Some of us are so set, so complacent, so satisfied that we're not ever going to move. When's the adoration that you've had <clears throat> that's caused you to fall to the feet of Jesus, to worship Him? Now let's move on. Look at the middle part of verse, of verse 17. You see the apprehension. Showing up, there, there's an apprehensive example here, but some doubted. Even though some came to worship, some still doubted that he could do what he said he could do. <clears throat> They're not sure. Maybe that's you. You've gotten a diagnosis from the doctor and you're not sure. I'm telling you, when the doctor said, I'm going to cut on your foot, I'm going to take care of it, I'm going to take care of I'm going to close up that ulcer, I'm going to get rid of that bone that's poking the hole, and we're going to get you going, and you'll be in the hospital a couple of days, and then you'll be home. Yeah. <laughs> I, loved, I loved that game plan. Ten to fifteen days later, I'm getting to go home. She said, well, you can't walk on your foot, you can't have any load on it, because it'll tear open and get infected, okay? And I want to thank you as a church for allowing me to go through that process of staying in the hospital and sitting there and waiting for my foot to heal. Every time she looks at it, it's better, so I'm praising the Lord for that. And I'm hoping Thursday she says, "Wow, you're completely healed. Let's take the stitches out. Okay, but uh, I don't know if I'll get that far. But I'm grateful to be sitting here today. I'm grateful for things like this wheelchair that allow me to do that. I'm grateful for people who've been willing to adjust their schedules to help me. I'm grateful for Cindy's boss who has allowed her to work from home so she can take and nurse me. I'm grateful for that. We don't, we don't need to take things for granted. And when I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus, I've got to thank God for him. I spend a lot of time on my back praising the Lord. And thanking God. But there are always some that doubt. As I talked to all the nurses this week, I found some that doubted. I could hear it in their voice. Many of them said, well, I don't get to go to church anymore. I work on Sunday. And I said, but you know what? You can worship God every day. You can worship God on your way into work. You can worship God while you're at work. See, it just all depends on you and your heart. Some were unclear and uncertain and confused. Now I want you to look at verse 18. The authority is established in verse 18. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now in your outline or in your Bible, circle uh, all authority. All authority has been given to me uh, in there in your Bible. All authority has been given to me. You see, we don't need to doubt who has the authority. We don't need to be concerned about who has the healing power. He has it. In John three thirty-five, it says, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. A more confirming verse. A confirming verse that God has placed in Jesus. All that He needs to give us all things. And then in Colossians one, sixteen through eighteen. Another verse of confirmation, beginning at verse 16 in in Colossians 1. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. For he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. He is all in all. So what does he have control over? Well, let me quickly give you about six or seven. He has control over our diseases. He has control over our demons. He has control over depravity. I've got verses out beside each one of these in your outline. He has control to delegate. He has control over death. He has control in making decisions. He has control in dealing with the enemy. He has control in dealing with the enemy. Don't forget that. More verses there than I've given you for any of the other. Satan cannot get to you if you're bathing yourself and basking in yourself in the love of in the, in, in the glory of God. Just can't do it. Putting yourself away, taking care of the new man that's risen to walk in a new life. Feeding that new man. Feeding him or her. Now let's look at the activity that's encouraged in verse 19. First part of verse 19. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations three things we're told here go not a command it's a it's the word translated is as you go and it's assumed that as you go you're going to do something as you're going and then therefore because of this given unlimited authority Jesus is saying go, and therefore, third thing, make disciples. True, genuine, saved people. Learners. John 6, John 8. We need to hold fast to the things that God calls us to. Be obedient. Practice the teaching. Never stop practicing the teachings of Jesus. It's very important. Now look at the latter part of verse 19. The area of concern is explained in chapter 28, verse 19, latter part. It says, all nations and all people groups. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're we're supposed to go, therefore make disciples, and we're to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we do pretty good at that. But then, look at the latter part of verse 19 and, and, and verse 20. There's an assignment that's given. And in that assignment, he says, The name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then he says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. The problem we have in church is that we're not doing enough teaching what I've commanded you. And if we are doing that, you're not receiving it well enough because there's no growth in you. Well, how can you say there's no growth in me? I still come to church every Sunday, and that's all you do. Can I be honest with you? That's all you do. And if Jesus is truly coming next Saturday on the 23rd of September, you might want to wake up to that fact that you're doing nothing in the church but just come and listen to a sermon or two or a lesson or two every week. That's all you're doing. What else are you doing for God? Talking to anybody? Encouraging anybody? Leaving anybody, discipling anybody, talking to anybody, praying for anybody, helping anybody? Well, preacher, we're pretty faithful. We can. Yeah, you are. I got you. I'm grateful that you come. Amen. Hallelujah. It'd be a real sparse thing if I was the only one here preaching to me. Might be a good sermon then. If I was preaching to me, amen. Whoa. You see, we've got to be doing more. We've got to be producing our lives for God. Amen? Would you give an amen to that? We've got to be producers. God needs to see growth in us. God needs to see action in us. And so where does it start? It starts with faith. It starts with faith. You follow Christ in baptism. You're focused on teaching and training. You're faithful to reproduce yourself. You see, when God gets to when we get to heaven, God just might ask, Hey, how'd you bring with you? And if you can't honestly point to someone that you've talked to and encouraged to come to the Lord, boy it'd be a sad moment, won't it? But what will be a great day is when God asks you, who brought you? And you can turn and say, brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, they're the ones that brought me. They're the ones that taught me. Wow! Wouldn't that be awesome to hear those words and you can see the smile on God's face? Focus on teaching. Be faithful to reproduce yourself. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will, obey, who will be able to teach others also. We've got to have an identity. We've got to be teaching and observing. And then let me finish here with the assurance... Endorsed in the latter part of verse 20. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus said, I am. His presence, His resurrected, living, eternal Lord is with us. Always, doesn't matter whether it's today or in the future, He's always going to be with us until He returns to judge and to rule. Psalm 46.7 says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We've got to understand that Jesus will always be with us. And when the going gets tough, we get tougher. When we can't accomplish a goal, Realize that God can in us. When we can't speak the right words through prayer, God will give us the right words. Through training and understanding, we're going to learn how. I intended to start the class on how to give away your faith. Well, we'll have to start it sometime in October now. But it's going to be a great class. hope you can come. Those of you who signed up to come, and they'll teach you things to say, the right way to say it, the right situation, it's the right scriptures to use. And then it's on you. Then it's on you. Once you've learned the proper methods and teachings and way to do it, then the, then the burden's on you, isn't it? burden's on you to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve all that He's commanded you. And lo, and understand that He's with you always, even to the end of the age. So I want you to think for a moment in your heart. Is God really truly moving and using and are you allowing Him to do that? Are you allowing Him to move and to use and to press and to push? I don't know. That's the answer only you can give. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. Without Him, I can do nothing. And uh, while we're singing that, I want you to con- contemplate maybe making a, a response to the cross of Christ. You know, just come right up here and get on your knees and pray out to Him. Or maybe you want to place membership in the church. Maybe you need to be baptized. I'd sure love to sit down and talk to you more about that. We're going to pray, and as we pray, Phyllis will come to the pen and, and we're going to sing this song. Hopefully God will tug your heart and He'll respond. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for... Blessing us the way He did, you have and do, and Father, I pray that there'll be someone in this in this room, just one, who might respond today and say, you know, I need to do better, I need to do more. I'm just I'm just complacent. I'm just sitting on my Christianity. There's people around me I know that need to know You, and would You give me the courage to say, do You know Jesus? And then Father, be ready to follow that up with a lesson or some teaching with them. Father, they may not know what to teach. Well, I'll help them. Father, I'll even come do the teaching, and they'll be part of that teaching. Whatever we need to do to get one more person to you, would you give us that opportunity? Jesus, we love you. But maybe there's one. Tell there's one in this room that's ready to move towards you in a way they've never done before. Would you give them the courage to do that in Jesus' name? Amen.